Hello, everybody, and Love Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to tonight's The Dash. Mr. Mingles, are you there? Peter's here, but I think Peter's you had here. me muted out. <clears throat> I did, but I, now you're here. <laughs> now I'm here. I pushed my own buttons. See, if they put a red button on the computer screen, I can push that one. That's right. You push it all the time, every time. Well, it's red. I push it. Sometimes it works. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be good if you were in certain situations, Peter. The red button is not the one, necessarily. <laughs> they, they just tell me to push a button. I push a red button. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, I don't think I should be... I don't think I should be president. No, <laughs> definitely not. And don't turn the key and don't press the red button. That's right, no red button. <laughs> well, you know, today has been a very cool day, and I'm going to go ahead and just throw out there that our our website is coming along famously. Mm-hmm. I, I'm 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 almost almost ready to tell everybody what the URL is right now. Mm-hmm. It's that good. Um, Alex told me that I should. What do you think, Peter? Go for it. What the heck? Okay. And, it, so and they always know their websites are never un, never done. They're always under construction. <laughs> so you don't even have to put that down anymore. Yeah, well, it is under construction. It even says it's under construction. There so you go. It, it, all you got to do is go to www.radioshow.com. No the. So it's dash radio. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Nope. I'm, I'm sending them to the wrong place, Peter. Well, it's eventually the dash the right radio. com goes to our blog site and our website. Dash Radio Show goes to the Dash Radio Show. So they're going to go to www.the-radio.com, which is actually our website. It's our blog, and uh, it's actually turning out so nice. I just think everybody who's listening should go check it out. That's right. That is right. And we'll figure it out because we have a whole bunch of stuff leading in the right direction. So just kind of follow us. (laughs) Just kind of follow us. (laughs) <laughs> please do, please do check the check the little box that says follow and make follow. sure that you do. Follow. Okay, so tonight we are doing yet another part in the series of owning one's own economy. And um, funny, Susie, my Susie, says to me, Ma, this is of course she's my Susie, my daughter Susie. She says, Ma, we got to do something on owning your own utopia. And I said, well, that sounds brilliant, because right now we're doing Own Your Own Economy, and we were just talking about having your whys established, knowing why you're doing it, and owning your own and creating your own utopia, and knowing what that is, knowing what your perfect world reality would be. Um, you can't get to a goal unless you know what it is, right? We were just talking about specific and measurable, and so uh, we're going to do some some blogging, some fun stuff on creating your own utopia. But tonight, talk a little bit more, Peter, about owning one's own economy. You know, the whole, the whole thing, I think there's a, there's a certain number of people out there, you've heard me say, if you've been listening to me at all, like the stuff that I do, life is like a pizza. So when you take a look at pizza, right, imagine that you got a pizza and you got it just as it came out of the oven, and you get a chance to actually have that little cutter that determines the size of the slices and i've always been intrigued but and and let's face it don there's only one kind of pizza and that's new york style for the people in chicago or the midwest or maybe california (laughs) i'm going to apologize i'm going to try to help you along with this but there's only well i I playfully say this but i grew up in new york so of course there's the new york style pizza and you remember seeing that guy take the pizza out he kind of slices it around and goes zip 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 zip, and then then there's eight or 16 or whatever you tell him to slop it over the side of grand central station and that's the best stuff you know (laughs) rips off the roof of your mouth in one bite (laughs) that's right you need a napkin in your 
you know, your sh- your, your shirt sleeve, yes. yeah, shirt sleeve yep. and stuff like that. And yep. everybody knows you had some pizza because there's probably some oil stains somewhere. Yep, and that's but okay because they were wishing they had a slice. That's right. That's exactly. right. <laughs> we could go on for pizza for a long time. We but could. if you really think about pizza, you have a certain slice in almost everything we do. You can almost look at it and say, life is a little bit like that slice of pizza. Anything that I do, a certain portion of the people are going to like it or maybe be a certain type of person. So you always kind of figure out where is that portion of that slice? Who are we catering to? Mm-hmm. And there's a certain slice of pizza that are entrepreneurs, and there's a certain slice of pizza and however that slice is of the people that maybe want security from like a paycheck or something like that. And then there's a slice that just is the clueless kind. Like, I don't even know how they make it. Like, in a civilized society, I don't think they make it in the wild. And then you have another slice and another slice, and you get a chance to determine the slices of the pie related to whatever experience you're trying to relate it to. And there's always going to be a certain, but a very small slice of the true entrepreneurs. I mean, the guys or the gals that really are, like, the people that you just look at and you say, oh, my gosh, these guys are true entrepreneurs. Now, you have the goofy ones as well, the Ralph Cramdens of the world that come up with the goofy ideas, but there's the real mavericks of the world, the the Steve Jobses, uh, the uh, the Bill Gates, the people like the, uh, the, the the Flaglers and, the you know, the, the people that made railroads and the people that make um, uh, different computers and the people that maybe made the Google stuff, and those are the real entrepreneurs that are out there. And nowadays, of course, they've gotten lot of, lots of help. But the general population is not that kind of an entrepreneur. Most of them grew up in the last 100 years maybe working for somebody, so maybe they lost their almost like been domesticated. They've lost their instincts, and maybe they just never had it, or maybe they never committed to it. And for the first time in human history, due to the uh, trending of technology, now more people can actually get the benefits of being like an entrepreneur. And we spoke a little bit yesterday. If you kind of remember the conversation we had yesterday, we talked about Dawn, people like yourself and me. We work 14, 16, 18 hours a day. Your brain never really shuts off, so it works 24 hours a day, seven days a week on different and various ways that you can do and, and do things to help people and help yourself and help your family and all those other things. And we've spoken about um, sometimes we have a tendency of attracting those things like sponges so everybody kind of gives us their issues or, or presents some opportunities to us. And it's a very full, small percentage of people that are like that and kind of like to deal in that pond. But um, for the first time again in human history, more people that can actually get the benefit of being entrepreneurial. And if you don't do it, I think in, now, in today's day and age, you're probably going to be hurt more so than you ever expected or ever believed. So lots of people out there, maybe some even people listening on this call, say, I want to be, I want to be, I want to learn, I want to learn, and maybe you not be able to do it on your own. And running a regular business has a lot of plates that you have to spin. And I don't want to suggest that you have to be super-duper talented, but there takes a certain level of talent. There takes a, 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 a determination that you just will never quit. It takes a certain level of ignorance because we never really understand all the real obstacles we have in front of us. So we work in a certain level of, uh, of ignorance, perhaps, blind, if you will, with, with that passion that we're building stuff. But yet, because of home-based businesses and the Internet, lots of us now get a chance to take advantage of what it's really like to kind of almost run your own business without the downside of running your own business. So I put together a little website, youroneconomy.com, forward slash, and we give these websites to our customers and in my regular business, but you go to economy.com forward slash sample, and S-A-M-P-L-E, so your own com forward slash sample, 
and then you can actually see some of the things that we might be talking about on this call. So if you go to the Y button, the W-H-Y question mark button, you might be able to follow along. Now, Don, just to kind of exemplify what I mean, I don't remember when I registered YourOwnEconomy.com, but I can't even believe that it was available. Like, how could a domain like YourOwnEconomy.com be even available? Like, I would have thought somebody would have grabbed that by now because a lot of people know a lot of the best .com domain names were probably grabbed by somebody. But how could that still be available? Just an exa example of what I mean by there's a certain slice of the pie that just doesn't think that way. Mm -hmm. So we talked about yesterday financial freedom. We talked about um, time freedom. And today we're going to talk about three of them. And we're going to bring Bob. He's our... <laughs> Even that, we have a guy named Bob. I always. Tell <laughs> me about pain. taxes, Bob. Bob, yeah, Bob does taxes. But we have Bob coming back tomorrow to talk about the tax advantages that most people never even think about relative to being that entrepreneur. And that's a whole other universe that you go into and you say, where? That, now, that's utopia if you really think about it. But the reality was as we talked about those two things, and today we're going to talk about leverage. And today we're going to talk about lifestyle, and today we're going to talk about technology. And we're going to blend those into the benefits of having your own economy. Now, for some people, they get stuff that's almost like already made for them. I've never been that fortunate. For me, I've always had to kind of build and create everything that I have. So the stories that I might tell about my experiences might be the ones that I had to kind of create on my own. So... I never grew up in a privileged environment. I never really had anybody just kind of hand over some stuff to me. Matter of fact, in my direct sales profession, Don, almost everything that I took over was already broken, and I had to kind of build it, rebuild it, deal with the damaged stuff because they don't give the best things to the new guys. They usually give the things that need a lot of work to the new guys to see if they can actually make it. And I kind of... Uh, Never really liked that, but I appreciated that because it really helped me build a reputation. So when we talk about stuff like leverage and technology and we talk about things like lifestyle, the stories that I might tell might be a little bit of the harder stories. And chances are for you it's probably not going to be that bad, and maybe it'll be even a lot easier, and maybe you'll never even see some of the things that we're referencing here. But let's point out some of the obvious. And let's start off with, I guess, technology. I'll never forget uh, when my grandfather was alive, and he was talking about the Internet. i got to tell you a funny story about my uncle. But when my grandfather was talking to me about the Internet, he said to me, Gramps, can't help you with that one. There was no such thing as the Internet when I was alive. And that was really kind of deep, for lack of a better philosophical expression, because he was right. My grandfather, my dad, never grew up with the Internet. That was a new experience. Even myself, Dawn, when I first got started, I mean, like, when I was a young adult, they were just coming up with that at symbol. And when I was a young adult, they just started coming up with that www dot thing. And my first computer, and I don't want to sound like I'm too dated, but was hooked up to a rabbit ear monitor, was a Timex machine that I bought for a dollar, had a black screen, and some words that I would type in. So that's like when I started growing up. That's when I was, like, in high school and then eventually into college. The technology was never there. That like, a, what's a window, you know? Those types of things weren't there. And yet today, for everybody on the, on the phone, the technology is so user-friendly and so wide and so expansive 
and the stuff that people can do is just amazing. And not to take advantage of that technology in your own business or whatever it is that you want to call your own business would be a huge mistake. And yet we look at a lot of people relative to technology, Don, and what do they use it for? They use technology for surfing the Internet. Let's, since this is an adult show, let's kind of say they get themselves in trouble. Right? <laughs> they get themselves in trouble because they can actually close the door, you know, dim the lights and do whatever they do. <laughs> so they get themselves in trouble. They can shop around. They can waste their lives away in meaningless or pleasing activity. You know, who am I to judge? So they can waste their lives away relative to the technology or on the plus side, they can do magical things magical things. The collective intelligence behind the technology is wild. You could take advantage, if you're listening in, you could take advantage of the collective intelligence of millions of people before you. And Dawn, there are some people, all they do with their computer is they turn it on and they search through different things, or maybe they look for some deals or some shopping, they use it for a basic communication tool. Maybe they keep up with what's going on with their kids. They get themselves in trouble. Or they do whatever. And not many people really take advantage of the technology that is afforded them as a result of maybe doing something on their own. Now, we're going to tie that into leverage in a second. But I told you my little computer background stories, Dawn. And I know for someone and, – and by the way, when I was looking at that black screen and I was sitting on that little Timex thing – and I actually had to figure out what that little, what's a carrot, you know, and what does this do and what does that do? I, re, I was like, man, can't it do like Pong, like back and forth and back and forth? That was a lot more fun for me. I never really got into the coding thing, which was a mistake because a lot of the people that made the most money, period, have either been coders or people like coders or have coders around them. So the world has really taken advantage of stuff relative to technology. So I use my little technology experience. You're younger than I are than I am, so you probably have some other experiences. But talk about, if you can, technology and where that fits in right now with the people that are on the line that can push the buttons that never had this opportunity 10, 15, 5 years ago. So talk to us about technology. Technology. I mean, technology is our friend when it works, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> One of the things that, um, as being in software development for the past 12 years and, and watching what has happened specifically in the network marketing industry, because, you know, I started out in network marketing with Amway and Mary Kay, and everything was in triplicate, and, um, and as was uh, my stint with Aola, which was uh, a weight loss and nutraceuticals company that I was with. And um, everything was, you know, handwriting and cramped, you know, writer's cramp and, and, uh, and you know, those, uh, the stuff that smudges, uh, the, the, what's that, that paper that just smudges all of your ink, that duplicate paper? You call it like paper. carbon paper? Like yeah, carbon, carbon paper. paper. Right. And it was a nightmare. And if you lost something, you were toast. And, you know, you got lucky if you got to print your stuff, you know, and if you had, there was a downline report, you were excited. And, you know, and then there was no such thing as the internet. You know, I started in network marketing when there was no internet. You know, I, I know that there's people listening going, there was no internet. There was a day there was no internet. <laughs> and we're so, so privileged now that if people don't remember. You know, a lot of people have never seen a day that they couldn't just pop on and be suddenly connected to 700 million people. But 
there was a day where, you know, the people that you knew, you counted on those people to introduce you to the people that they knew and counted on those people to introduce you to the people that they knew. And that's how you built uh, a sales organization. It's how you built a company. It's how you built any business that you were in. Because quite honestly, guys, there is no such thing as a business that doesn't require word of mouth. Um, some of them are completely reliant on it, and others are um, veiled in their reliance on it. <laughs> but they're still really reliant on word of mouth. So, you know, when it comes down to the way that technology is impacted, the ability to get out in front of people. I mean, just from let's let's look at talent, okay? Let's look at some of these people who throw up YouTube videos and end up with record contracts. Let's look at the fact that the playing field has been completely leveraged if you want to go out and get a Kickstarter project or you want to go ahead and, and, and put yourself out there, put your project out there, put your business out there. Um, and for the person who's starting with their own home-based business, it's, uh, it's just absolutely a dream the ability to go ahead and reach out and touch people and look for people who with the same interests that you have and the same backgrounds or have worked in the same industry. So, you know, it's all about information. There's nothing that we can't do now because we're connected not only with each other but with the global information database, you know. You want to know about something? Google it. You want to know more about it? Look for the wiki. You know, if if you want to go ahead and, and find a group of people who are all within a certain age group that have the same likes and the same dislikes as you do, well, Facebook advertising is there for the low, low retail price. You can reach anyone for any reason with anything and put yourself out in front of them. So, I mean, technology has done for, you know, for home-based businesses and small businesses, you know, what electricity did, you know. <laughs> it's just kind of like the lights turned on, you know. It's now, pretty let's, brilliant let's, stuff. Let's just talk about that. Since you used the word electricity, imagine if there was anyone on the phone right now, besides their religious conviction, because I know sometimes people with certain religious convictions are not allowed to, like, use the modern technology. But could you imagine if there was anybody out there right now that could, that wanted to, that wasn't using electricity? you would say to yourself, oh, my gosh, look at how much they put themselves behind. And mm -hmm. for all those people that were affected by hurricanes or other natural disasters, we had a great, like, eye-opening relative to what is the world like without electricity, like the people in New York when they had Hurricane Sandy, or maybe the people that have had other issues, you know, like, or maybe even your local town when uh, somebody uses a backhoe, you know, the typical construction guy who digs first and looks later, you know. So without the technology, we're usually handicapped, but are we using it appropriately? And I'm going to give you one example relative to speed, because, Don, I loved it when you started to talk about the Internet and speed and mm -hmm. word-of-mouth communication. You know, you can have a YouTube video reach like a bazillion people almost overnight. They stay, there's even a term for it, go viral. And right now, right now, like right now, there's another physical thing going on. It's called go viral. Like the flu bug is actually hitting both <laughs> states in huge proportions. So you could use the negative stuff like that went viral, or you could use the viral on the technology. But I think it would make sense if you ask yourself this question. So here we go, the hard-earned question. What are you? So if you're listening, like insert your name here, what am I? doing to take advantage of that technology? And if the answer is, I'm not, 
then just think of if you could and would it be learn would it be worth learning so would it be worth learning here's the dilemma there's so much of it don there's so much of it that's going on it's real easy to be overwhelmed so just realize that if you're overwhelmed when you're trying to take a look at the technology just realize that it's probably because it's almost like going to a chinese buffet and you're eating too much mm-hmm. you're putting a lot on your plate it's really super simple to be go overwhelmed here's another thing just for those people listening in anybody smarter than you might seem like they're an expert they might <laughs> seem like they're an expert and if they know more than you they are the expert. Here's the other fun thing about technology. Once you learn it, you always feel like everybody else is dumb because they don't know what you didn't know two days ago, but they should now because you already know it. So the, the, the dynamic of the technology is really kind of fun and frustrating. So if you're having fun and you're getting frustrated, you're there. But if you're not taking advantage of it, then you're probably missing out. So let's apply technology relative to you building your own business. And I'm going to bring you to the Amway days. First of all, I have huge levels of respect for Amway. Amway is one of the most successful network marketing companies. They have sometimes allowed the distributors to taint a wonderful opportunity in certain areas, but Amway still has been the hero of the industry for a real long time. And when I first got started, I knocked on a woman's door who said that her husband, this is when I was selling vacuums, she said, oh, I could never buy one from you. I would buy one from my husband's company. His company makes vacuums. So, Dawn, I thought I knocked on the door of a vacuum cleaner manufacturer. And when I said, wow, there's a vacuum manufacturer in Shorewood, Illinois? That's really interesting. And she said, would you like to meet him? And I said, sure, why not? You know, if you start off with something or nothing and you end up with nothing, well, what have you lost? So if you started with nothing, ended with nothing, what have you lost? I figured nothing except maybe a little bit of time. I have everything to gain. So let me talk to this vacuum manufacturer. And I found out he was an Amway distributor. And she did everything all wrong. So I will not mention their name. They probably don't live in Sherwood anymore, and they might be multimillionaires. But when she did it all wrong with me, she says, you've got to talk to my husband you know, I could never buy one from you. I'd buy it from his company. And she made me seem like it was his company. So I went in and visited with them. They did the whole whiteboard, and they disguised the name for a real long time. Like, it, they never told me what it was. And I'm like, why are you afraid of your own company's name? And then as we went through this whole thing, she says, and you are my wardrobe. And I'm like, I don't really understand that. Like, I kind of did. She was looking at me being like the income that they would generate from me building their business was her wardrobe. And I just said to her, and I will promise not to mention her name because I'm leaving too many clues already. (laughs) So so when she said to me, I'm her wardrobe, I'm like, Deb, not for nothing, but she ain't my type and I'm married. And (laughs) and I really don't think it's very motivating for me to know that I'm going to work my butt off so you can have a nicer dress. I just (laughs) don't see how that would be motivating for me. So I learned a lot about how to do it all wrong. Yes, how not to do that. How not to do it. (laughs) Don't do it this way. Sherwood, Illinois. If they they don't live there, I promise. But but I did join their business. In spite of themselves, I joined it anyway. Yes, (laughs) I joined it anyway. Because I wasn't going to allow 
their naive, honest, enthusiastic presentation that was done so poorly to blemish the opportunity they had with that company. You know, Peter, I had a similar story, too, so I completely – we drove to our Amway presentation being dialed in from all of our well-meaning friends who told us that, oh, they got into they got into an Amway. They got they're in Amway. They're going to pitch you Amway. Whatever you do, don't go to dinner. And I'm like, I can't not go to dinner with Sheila and Chris. What am I supposed to do? Like pretend I died? No, I have to go. So there we go. We go to the thing. We go to the meeting, and we knew we coached ourselves the whole way that we were not going to get into Amway. We weren't going to do it. And when we got up from the chair, we walked out to the driveway. I looked at my husband and said, We're going to get an Amway. He goes, We are. And it was the best education I ever had in my life. But, you know, I mean, it's tough being in a company that you can't mention the name because so many people have such a hardcore preconceived notion. But Amway's got, I mean, Amway's made the most millionaires of anybody, I think. Yep. Well, they've certainly done a good job. They have a. They have uh, the Orlando Magic, uh, the stadium that they have. Mm-hmm. The corporate owners uh, built their business on Christian foundations. They've helped millions of people in spite of their presentation sometimes. Who knows mm-hmm. why? But the reality was is that you saw through it anyway, and it's a shame that you had to go through that. It was a shame that I had to go through that as well. But let's continue with that Amway story because chances are you and I were probably doing the same thing around the same time. And I'm going to blend this into technology. The technology used to be that, you know, you would get a certain percentage off the product. So if you were at like 50% off because you were a big guy or gal, when you brought in the new guy, he was only at 25% off. So if you were able to buy at 50% and he was able to buy it at 25%, you bought it, you sold it back to him, that's where you got your spread, your 25%. Mm-hmm. And someone had to do that accounting. Mm-hmm. Someone had to do that accounting. Like, and, and I remember Thursday was like Wednesday's Prince Spaghetti Day. Thursday, all those people Tuesdays remember that Tuesdays were my product pickup. Yours was Thursday? Right. So Thursday oh, was Oh, that like, was a l- rough day, Peter. <laughs> right. So that was like product pickup day. That was like... This is when you, you place your order day, or maybe you place your order on Tuesday and you got your product on Thursday, whatever the thing might be. But the reality is that someone had to worry about buying the stuff in advance. Someone had to worry about shipping the stuff. Somebody had to worry about the accounting. And I remember when I got my first $14 check. Like, I remembered when I got my first $14 check, I said to myself, somebody had to write this. It was actually written out of a person's business account and now if we start to talk about those things right now then you go to different websites or different marketing strategies and we all know the difference between doing it the right way and doing it the wrong way and most of them do it wrong but when they do it wrong they show you that the commissions are coming in like ding 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 and they're not supposed to show you their back office like without an income disclosure statement they do things they still do all things wrong right they still do it all the same way they do it wrong they they say you're my wardrobe and you're my everything but you start to take a look at the technology and the speed at which you can grow is never been bigger than it has been relative to the technology associated with doing something and building your own home-based business. 
there are people probably maybe even listening on the phone that are making money from people they've never met, like people in their organization that are working real hard and buying real serious products. They're probably in countries sometimes even that they couldn't even pick out on a map. They couldn't pick the country out on the map, or they probably don't even know the time zone of the state that that person might be in. And then I say, what about them? Are they really special and really talented? The answer would probably be, I'm not so sure, but they're taking advantage of the technology. If you're not taking advantage of the technology, you're probably holding yourself back. So I remember when I first came down from uh, Chicago, where I was uh, promoted from New York, and then I came down here to Florida, and I said to myself, remember, this is when the Internet was just starting to happen. I said to myself, if I don't learn the technology or at least get a grasp or a handle on it, almost everyone else will, and I'll probably be holding myself back. So which meant, Dawn, I had to become vulnerable to the technology. I had to sit behind a little electronic keyboard and a little screen, realizing that I probably am opening up another whole can of worms with that electromagnetic radiation, like, (laughs) blasting me right now. I'm probably going to go blind because I'm going to be focused on the little writing on the screen. And who knows, I might even have carpal tunnel syndrome if I learn how to type. And the best thing for me is I never really learned how to type, so I still use two or three fingers. Zero risk on that. Zero one. risk on that. So, yes, yeah, so I'm going blind and I glow in the dark. But, but you I can, have, you'll be able to play tennis. My wrists are okay. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> but to not take advantage of the technology, I think, would be a mistake. And the leverage, too. So we kind of blend that with leverage. We, we said the leverage of the technology. I'm able to actually stand on the shoulders of lots of other people that have done all these really cool things for their own purposes. Don, I, ran a, I was a partner in a network marketing company several years ago when email started to become popular. And I remember, I'll never forget this, we had one partner that said, we can send HTM email. Like, that's how, like, not too long ago it was, but still. He was like, we're going to be rich. We're going to be able to send HTML email. And for those people that, like, don't know what HTML email, your grandma's been sending HTML. (laughs) (laughs) Like, six months after he found that we're going to be able to send HTML email, he thought that was, like, the latest, greatest thing. And I just said, are you kidding me? Six months from now, that's going to be old technology. That's right. And look at what we found, MySpace, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, all the bazillion things. Remember that one site that I showed you to figure out all the usernames? And when you clicked on the username to see which one would be available, we found like, oh, my gosh, there's like 500 like, sites that you could belong to, like the Twitter and the MySpace and the Facebook <laughs> and the Bingo and the whatever thing. Yeah. Like, oh, my gosh, it's all over the place. So my rhetorical question back to anyone that's listening, all that stuff is out there. What are you using? Do you need to use all of it? That's no. the no. Do no. you need to use some of it? Probably. Can you use it to your advantage? Yes. And when you expand your base and you allow other people to take advantage of their favorite technology, hey Don, the sky's the limit. Okay. You write your own ticket. You write your own ticket. 
and not to do that in your own economy, I think, would just be like not paying attention. So That's the I, truth. You know, I think, Peter, that you know, it's interesting. My dad was the CIO of Elizabeth Arden Corporation, mm-hmm. so I grew up with a laptop that was as big as me on my lap with him coming home and 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 I remember the first um, mobile phone he brought home needed its own briefcase <laughs> I'll never forget I'm still it was a really for that. long antenna it was as big as my arm you know <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but it was a mobile phone and that was cool you know and and now today you know you 6 year olds have their own cell phones because their parents want to be able to know that they can call mommy if something happens you know um, it's become just absolute. Technology has taken us to places that we never thought, I mean, we could dream because we're here, you know. It's funny, I was watching 2001 A Space Odyssey, and, um, you know, I was looking at it going, all of that is is behind us already, everything. Um, we were watching, there was another movie Alex and I were watching the other night, and we looked and we thought, oh, my God. That's that's like this year. Like it was I think it was iRobot, the year that they were talking about in iRobot was this year. So, you know, like we we've thrust ourselves into this incredible space of, you know, whatever we can think. And and I believe this. I mean, I believe this with uh, 100% of who I am that whatever we can think, we can create. To think is to create. Thomas Wilhite's motto for Psy seminars PSI, not the monkey or whatever you were talking about. I had the T-shirt. It says, to think is to create. And, you know, people have not just now, they don't have the limit of their own thinking anymore. It's like the fishbowl of every idea that's ever existed. Um, And there's no such thing as an original thought, and you can find it all over the Internet. If you are looking for something, you're looking for something to do. You're looking for what what vehicle you want to drive to your space of success. You don't even have to come up with your own idea. You can go shop a, a buffet, the, like the all-you-can-eat buffet of the century, of all the ideas of anyone who's ever had a thought and then decided to make it into a home business. Um, so, I mean, you can go ahead and, and you can shop for an idea of something you want to create and manufacture yourself. You can shop for an idea of something that you just want to go sell that somebody else has already sold. You can go ahead and franchise just about anything. You know, there was an interesting franchise I bumped into a few years ago that I really thought about doing because it was tanning beds and it was facials and it was steam pods and it was like a woman's dream, you know. And you could pop over there and, and, and you know, they hit the economy. Um, the economy slide or the recession or the the second Great Depression, and um, they they really struggled, and I don't know if they're still in business, but I'm saying that, like, everything has been franchised or um, duplicated and created into a system that you can take off and run with. I mean, even Google has an affiliate program. Everyone has an affiliate program. If you have successful traffic, you can go ahead and pop a bunch of affiliate programs on your website and monetize that way. I mean, there's so many things that technology has brought to us, Peter. People who aren't leveraging the technology, I mean, disadvantage, putting themselves at a disadvantage is kind of like, I mean, they're like in a box somewhere in the woods going, hello. Because <laughs> you know, like, everyone who's in business now and succeeding is leveraging the heck out of technology. 
you know. And, and, I mean, it's all it takes is another idea and the next app is born, you know, the next Angry Birds, the next, you know. I mean, I, I was just reading in a, in a magazine about some guys who were developing apps and people were so frustrated in life that they developed this little thing that you just got to do these painful little things with these little characters. And it took off like crazy because people just needed to beat on something. <laughs> You know, if you can't leverage this kind of technology <laughs> and the limitless, fathomless, you know, absolute, like, it's ingenious stuff. It's ingenious stuff, and it's it's a well. All you have it, to do is dip your hand in. It's creative. It could be fun. Mm-hmm. It could be everything. And let me pop your balloon. You ready? i got to pop the balloon just pop for one away, second. <laughs> Here is the, just as, this is just like from one guy to another guy, because it's uh-huh. usually a guy thing. You ready? <laughs> so for all you guys listening in, the formula for failure is when you need to be an expert in an area, and you're not, and you have a credit card, you're probably in trouble. <laughs> I have to explain what that means. If you're, it's it's usually a guy thing. So if you're a guy and you have a credit card, usually means like you have a guy and a credit card. Even if it's your wife's, you're a guy and you got a credit card and you got a dream. But so remember the but, but you need to be an expert in that area to succeed. Chances are you're probably going to start the black hole of expenses. So what we have to watch out for sometimes is our enthusiasm and our ego and our desire to do well, sometimes we kind of see something and we'll jump in and we'll throw our credit card at it and not realize that you need to be an expert at it. And chances are, especially with newer technology, you're probably going to lose some money. So unless – now that's the pop of the balloon. And the reason why I say that is because watch out. So if you're somebody, the worst thing in the world you could be is an entrepreneur with a credit card because it's real easy to go lose a lot of money because you can sell yourself on a lot of stuff. So what I'd probably say is just be a little bit more cautious and aggressive when it comes to spending some stuff. I'll use like one example. Don, when email marketing, when email first came out, and if you could send a halfway decent email to a list of people, you would get a really great response from a lot of those people. And then, oh, my gosh, if you can actually merge in a first name so it looked like it was for them, then, oh, my gosh, you might be able to sell some stuff. But, you know, the reality is all the spammers kind of like took that away from a lot of people and all that sort of stuff. And I was that entrepreneur that had money and uh, the dream of doing something with email marketing. And it started off, well, we'll buy a program, and then that didn't work, and we'll buy a server, and that didn't work, and we needed big of this and this and that, and it was still kind of like the Wild West. And, Don, I probably have dumped hundreds of thousands of dollars into the infrastructure just to kind of figure out how to make it work. Could we still do stuff with email marketing? Yes, it still works. It's a way more treacherous situation than it's ever been before. But I was that guy with a credit card and a dream and not the level of expertise. So I got my butt kicked a lot. And if I were to have to do it all over again, I wouldn't have. So for all those people that sometimes you see that program for $97, oh, by the way, all those Internet gurus out there, they arbitrarily decided that the number seven is what they need to leave the dollar and price the price on. So it's either $17 or $37 or $97 or $147 because somebody once said something one time that seven is the magical number, and I'm not so sure if seven is the number or three is the number, whatever the number is, 
but there's a lot of things out there, so be cautious. There's the Now I'm going to pump the balloon back up again. Be cautious on what you might spend your money on because there's a lot of people that have found out that there's a market for people interested in learning, and they'll take all your money if you let them. <laughs> and, and that is so true. I'll never forget, and I won't mention his name because I don't want the hate mail, but there was a guy who actually had a program where you could make a zillion dollars selling his program. And everybody became an affiliate to sell his stuff. And the only thing they were selling, it was an affiliate program that taught them how to sell his affiliate program. Mm -hmm. And it was a big circle. And whatever it was, he sold a bazillion of them. And then I don't know what happened. Guys like that make a lot of money usually buy Corvettes, and they usually wrap themselves around the tree, and that's how he met his demise. So for mm -hmm. all those people that know that story, probably know who I'm talking about. But the reality was is there's a huge market on the Internet to find the innocent, to find the less uh, knowledgeable, to find the trusting. And there's probably a whole bunch of people on the call right now that are nodding their head up and down because they spent 17 or $19 or 199 or whatever because they had a credit card and a dream and are yearning for the knowledge. So I'd say be just yeah. cautious and then learn but realize that everybody's an expert, especially if they know a little bit more than you. Well, I don't want to skip lifestyle because lifestyle is on that list of the whys somebody might want to do a home-based business. But, Don, let's talk about that for a second. What's the lifestyle of the typical person, maybe like your dad, like when he was working for a regular company, or maybe like my dad when he was a salesman or a warehouse manager, or my mom, like when she was a telemarketer? What's the difference in lifestyle for those people that can embrace the technology and the leverage associated with it? Talk about that. Well, I mean, talk about leveraging the lifestyle. I mean, I, I have people walk into my world every single day, Peter, that that want to know how how I have done what I have done in my life, you know. I mean, my best friend owns two hair salons. She also owned a bar and restaurant, you know, successful, small, big fish, small pond, okay. She was in her, um, you know, in her element. She just loves to do hair. It's her thing. But, you know, you can only have so many hours in a day, and you only have so many people's hair you can cut and there's only so much of you that you can go around. And she was always a very hands-on person, you know. And for a long time, you know, she used to make fun of me being in network marketing. Oh, oh, she's selling snake juice off the back of a wagon. Here she goes, you know. Well, yeah, I went from a size 14, 16 to a size 4, 5, and 6 months off that snake juice. Do you want some? Good. Shut up and have some. And she would, I would never know that she was jealous. She was jealous, and I didn't know until years later when I found out that while she was cutting people's hair, she was going, yeah, oh, my best friend, oh, yeah, she's probably, uh, I don't know, at the spa talking to somebody about her business or at this and talking in the gym, and she's out doing this and doing that, and she just talked. Because my lifestyle was I did business wherever I was. I could travel the world. I could stay at home in my in my my pajamas and you know, be nice and cozy with my cup of coffee, and I could be doing business with anyone anywhere in the world. And my kids would go, get up and go to school, and I'd give them a kiss, and I'd go to work, and I didn't have to walk three feet. And then I would, you know, stop when they came home, and I would do some homework with them. You know, I mean, there were lots of times, and I mean, I'm going to say straight up, there were lots of times that, you know, I was on the phone, and they saw the finger up, and Mommy's on the phone. I can't do this right now because I didn't get the gift of 
separating my work and my life. My life and my work were one and the same. Um, and, you know, every kid complains about what their parents' deal is. So, you know, if if I was at work, my kids would have complained that they didn't see me. I, I, when I was at home and I was working, my kids weren't allowed to just barge in and, and do what, you know, what kids do. But um, to be quite honest, there were a million things that I got to be here for that most parents never did. And so, you know, I I had the lifestyle that all of the moms wanted. I had the lifestyle that... All of the women in, you know, lots of the men, you know, most of the men, I was the sole breadwinner in my life. So when it came down to it, I had to take care of my kids and raise my kids and pay for, you know, pay for everything. You know, I've got a kid in college. I've got another one who's looking for more more education. And, you know, another one in two years is going to college. Your kids are going to college. We work hard from home. But let me tell you, I wouldn't trade it for nothing about having to go to work every single day for the next 25 years. I would never trade it, not in a million years. And, you know, when when I go ahead and I and I do well in my business, I can do great things for my family. If I'm if I'm struggling in my business, I can do a little bit less for my family, but I'm still here. You know? It's I'm kind still of interesting. Here. It's kind of interesting that you mentioned that because I've I've lived both lives as well. Mm-hmm. I remember Dawn when I was in direct sales. And direct sales is a really hard life to live, especially if you're a direct sales manager and you're traveling. And many of you on the phone might even be that type of a person. Dawn, I was literally the first one up in the morning because I had to run my morning meetings at 8 o'clock in the morning to start my sales crew. And um, I lived sometimes an hour or an hour and a half drive away when I was in New York and or Chicago. It was always a distance and there was always traffic because everybody's traveling at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I would be like out of the house at 6, 6, 30, 7 o'clock, depending on where it would be. And when I came home, it was always way late at night because a lot of times we did presentations or I had to go back to the office, I had to do my interviews, set up my next day. And there could be a whole entire week where even though I was living at home, I could go a whole entire week without seeing my children. And I'd say there's something wrong with this. There was something really wrong with this. And I know there might be some people on the phone that are working one or two or three jobs, and you can resonate with everything that I said. And then, my, so my two sons kind of started growing up without a dad. I swear, my wife sometimes would say, and I don't think this is true because he looks too much like me, but my son Vincent thought the UPS man was daddy because he, because my wife lived as a single mom, and literally, and she would actually get the, you should do a lot of shopping online way back then or have the stuff coming in, and she, and she swears, like, this kid would call the UPS man dad. And my dog would bark at me when I came home, like Vicious kind of bark at me when I came home. And I was working for my family, but these were the people that I never saw. Switching around with my daughter, that was when we moved to Florida, and when I started doing the home-based business, my daughter doesn't really know what it's like to have a dad that works outside the home. I do a lot of work from wherever I want. I could do it from the beach. I could do it from my house. I could do it from your place. As long as I have a telephone and an interconnect, Internet connection, I could be working. Now, there's some downsides to that as well, meaning like I could be working all the time. So if you worked for a university, you can only probably be working when that university is open. If you're working at a burger joint, you're working when the burger joint is open. If you're working from home, there's no end. Like it is or could be seven days, 24 hours a day for months on end. And there's a downside of that too. But I guess if you want to take a look at the downside, you get a chance to have the flexibility and freedom of making your own 20-hour day if you want to make your own 20-hour day. 
And in my regular business, I work with a lot of people that also work from home, and I get the leverage of having them work their schedule but still give me any 10, 12, 14, 20 hours of their day as well. So people that work from home get a lot of things, or people that use the technology get a whole bunch of things that people that don't use the technology sometimes can't take advantage of. So I'm a home business evangelist relative to, as we as we kind of wrap some of this up and introduce more stuff, the leverage of other people and other things, the technology, and then also the lifestyle. Because I can't tell you how many people come over to and say, I'd love to be able to do what you They don't know what I do, but they say, I'd love to be able to do what you do. I, you, you get a chance to be working from home. Now, I might have a dent in my hairdo because I have a headset on <laughs> all the time. It's a permanent dent. It became a, maybe a cowlick. And, and maybe, just maybe, you know, I, I, it always walks around with me, and I strap the phone on because I like to have a cord on the phone and things like that. And I've almost hung myself a couple of times as the cord got stuck on the cabinets or anything else like that. And I've dropped my phone in the pool every once in a while as I forgot that maybe I was on it. But if you asked me to trade that from the stuff that I used to have to do, I wouldn't trade it for the world either. And I think a lot of people say, I don't know if I could ever do that. And let me share with you, my favorite expression is that's what everybody says before they figure it out. That's what everybody says before they figure it out. Because there's millions and millions and millions of people right now that are shaking their head up and down like, oh, my gosh, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And they can also resonate with this. That here's the fun part, right? So we make this a little bit entertaining. Watch out. If you, now, this some, might grow some people out, so maybe I shouldn't <laughs> say it. But if you don't jump in the shower first thing, who knows when it's going to be? <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and it's, it follows with brush your teeth while you're at it. <laughs> yes, yes. So you've got to get the schedule down. Because it's real easy to roll out of bed, turn on the computer, and then go to work and, like, forget where you are. So it's that's – but that's a good thing. Like, that's the fun stuff, that you can actually live life on your own terms whenever you want to. Now, I'll give you my an, an example with my brother. My brother gets a chance to be able to work with me. He does his stuff from his home. And he's got kids that, guess what, they don't know what it's like to not have daddy pick them up at school. Mm-hmm. He can always take it. 250, we always know where Vincent's going to be. Vincent's going to be picking up his kids at school. And if you really start now, he might work until, oh, my gosh, it's late at night like I do. I mean, he might have a slightly different schedule. But guess what, Don? He never will miss picking his kids up from school. And I don't know if you could put a price tag on that. Nope. You know, I just don't, I just don't think he can. And I know the adults might say, well, you know, one thing, but I can tell you the kids don't put a price tag on that. And they might not appreciate it initially, but they're going to appreciate it a lot later on. The dad was always there. Yep, you know, it's interesting. My daughter Susie, she when she she was telling Alex one day, like Alex and I, just for those of you out there, Alex and I, we we we've been together about 6 years. And my kids are, you know, they're they're all older and 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 they're going off to college now and, you know, they, Alex is, you know, pretty close to them, so you know, they, they don't call him dad, you know. But they they were explaining, Susie was explaining this one day, and, and Alex came and he told me this, and it was the biggest gift I had ever received because this is like one of those things where my dad said he was proud of me, but he never mentioned it to me, and I had to hear it through the grapevine. This was one of those. <laughs> my daughter looked over and she said, you know, of all the things that my mom might have come in like uh, like barreling into, looking all crazy and haggard, she killed herself to get to everything. 
And she may have been on the phone, and it may have irritated me then, but she was there. Every single time she was there. And so, you know, I thought, I mean, the tears went up in my eyes. I got all that mommy juice going on. You know, I thought, oh, my God, she noticed. So, you know, for those of of us who are out there, for anyone who's out there, you know, and you're on the phone in the back of the auditorium and you you can't miss the call, you're running out to go to the bathroom because you got to make that sale or you got to get that done, they do notice. Later on, they notice that you were there, you know, and you can't put a price tag on it, you know. Even when I ran in the door and the back of the whole theater was silent and I'm, like, coming in with, you know, one kid on one arm and, you know, (laughs) looking like just a... A hot mess, Peter. I was a hot mess while my kids were growing up. But they noticed that I made it, you know. They yep, noticed absolutely. that I made it. And that's the thing, you know, when when you're working for somebody else and you're commuting from Connecticut to New York and back every day, you're not making it. You're not making it to the game. You're not making it to the, the recital. You're not making it to pick them up from school every day. Not a chance, you know. I, have a, a chance. Good, I have a good friend um, when I was doing the one business together, very short story, one of the network marketing companies that I was a distributor of kind of messed up their compensation plan. They took the money out of the compensation plan, so we formed a separate company to be able to help build that company. And unfortunately, it didn't work out because there were a lot of challenges with different directions and stuff like that. But I, one of my business partners is still one of my closest friends. Her name is Sally. And we don't talk very much anymore because she's kind of moved her life in a different direction um, by taking care of some elderly families and stuff like that. But I remember her in her daughter's high school senior year. She said, Peter, now we can either make money or we don't make money in this business or this venture, but I only have one senior year left with my daughter. And her payoff was the peanut butter and jelly sandwich and the 15- or 30-minute conversation she always had with her daughter when she came home from school. So uh, she would, Katie would come home from school around 3 o'clock. Sally would always have the peanut butter and jelly sandwich ready, and the peanut butter and jelly sandwich was always around the topic of the conversation that they had between 3 o'clock and 3.15, and they were, might have been meaningless conversations or just light conversations, but they were conversations and she wouldn't have traded that for the world. So even if she made a little bit less money than she would have in corporate America, that meant something to her. So when you talk about your, when we started the conversation about Susie talking about utopia or about happiness, I really think that home-based businesses and developing your own economy can really help you get what you're looking for. And yes, you can even make more money than you do at regular businesses, but even if you don't, Sometimes what you'll probably find is the trade-off adds to your life. And for Sally and for you and for me and a whole bunch of other things, um, I love that. And the idea that sometimes if we're talking, the dogs are barking in the background, (laughs) you know, and and the kids might be screaming. And I remember when I first kind of started with this, I would get a little bit uptight. As like, no, 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 you know, maybe they won't think I'm professional if the kids are screaming in the background or the dogs are barking and stuff like that. I said, you know what, wait a minute. This is absolutely priceless. Most of the people that I do business with would love to be in the position of working from home themselves. And the idea that I might say, or maybe handle the awkward moment in advance, listen, the kids are sick, so if somebody comes in and I have to go because somebody puked on the carpet – 
they understood. I was where I was because it was important. And that was, you know, that may be like, like for, for people in traditional households where moms stay home and they raise their kids, that might be stuff that maybe your mom did when, you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago. But that's gone lost and finally has a chance to come back with the technology we have today. So I know we have a couple of minutes left. I'll let you say whatever you want to say relative to whatever. And we're going to have Bob, Bob the tax guy, who is a great speaker, talk to us tomorrow. He's going to wrap up the week again with the tax advantages of being able to work from home where most people aren't really paying attention. So with the economy the way it's swinging still, with the government trying to figure out how they can make things work, and I'm sure they're cutting something back, but they're also figuring out how to tax people more. Whether you're rich or not, doesn't matter. Everybody's getting more taxes. For those people that can help build their own economy, they get the tax breaks as well. So if you're a W-2 earner and you're not in a home-based business, I will politely say pay attention to tomorrow because you're probably leaving some money on the table by not taking advantage of the things that you can relative to being in a home-based business. So, Dawn, we have a couple of minutes. I'll let you wrap it up however you want to wrap it up. Well, thanks. I mean, I think you said it all, Peter. I think that, you know, anybody out there who's thinking about it, um, there, there's only one thing to think about, and that's, you know, what what vehicle do you want to drive? <clears throat> because if it's about, you know, do you want a home-based business, you know, whatever business it's going to be, the answer is going to be yes, okay? Even if you're going to go ahead and pinky-toe little tiny bitty steps until you do everything exactly perfect and you're one of those people, it's okay because just the fact of opening your own home business is going to save you money on your taxes, Okay, so if you're one of those analysts out there that needs the reason that even if all the other reasons and all the other whys aren't yet established, that's a huge one. So come tomorrow and listen to Bob the Tax Guy because his name's Bob the Tax Guy, and so you should listen to him. (laughs) But also because, you know, really, guys, I haven't known what – I mean, I get a portion of my telephone right off. I get a portion of my my, my internet and my my electricity and and a portion of my well when I yeah, my 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 rent and my my utility bills and you know my clothing and I mean guys everything becomes a part of your business and so there are huge advantages beyond the why am I going to work two extra hours a day when I'm already exhausted. Beyond all of the reasons that you need those really big whys, the the reason that Bob's going to bring just puts everybody into the same reality. So, you know, if you want to save some money, you want to go ahead and be able to get some money back for the things you're already paying for, you know, then then if that's a little nudge, that's the one I'm going to give you. So that's what we're going to talk about tomorrow. And, uh, you know, if, if, if everything else that we have that, that we have said tonight hasn't convinced you, then maybe Bob can do it. You think so, Peter? I think so. They should just keep listening. We'll eventually, they'll eventually we'll, catch up. We'll on. find something. Yeah. yeah, we'll find something. Just give us another <laughs> shot tomorrow. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Thank you, Peter. It's a pleasure. We'll see you tomorrow night.